0: Love, talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sherry Clip. Tonight's going to be a really exciting night because I get to speak with a really great author. His name is Jim Farrell, and at this time, I'd like to welcome him to the show tonight.
1: I'm, Hi, I'm Glad to be here.
0: Glad you could join us tonight. Now, Jim, for our live listeners. Um, Tell us who you are and what type of author are you?
1: I retired in 2013, and I had carried around with me since the early 1970s a novel I had started writing. It's a coming-of-age novel based on a young boy growing up in Brooklyn and Long Beach, New York. And when I started writing it, uh, the theme was how the death of the matriarch, the the paternal grandmother, sort of killed the whole family. The family died when she died, but I carried it around with me during my working life. And then when I retired in 2013, I said, I'm gonna finish this, boy did it ever change. And it's now called <laughs> Brooklyn Boy. And it's, uh, it, that's that's part of the story. And And it is based in fact on my family, even though it's fiction. When my grandmother died, my father's mother, our family died. We were so close and all of a sudden the family is not close anymore but the story then grew into much more than that and uh it's a, it's a romance it's a love story of, of young children uh, at grade school and then in high school uh, a young irish german boy lived growing up in brooklyn back when the dodgers were still in brooklyn and in his class in the novel is a young puerto rican girl and they become very much attracted to each other as as, as young kids and his mother irish uh, german uh very much against him dating a puerto rican girl so we have a conflict now in the story as well as the family story you also have this conflict between this boy trying to find himself and his mother who's very domineering and this young puerto rican girl who is really wonderful and so that it developed into a whole new story uh and i called it brooklyn boy and uh i I love it it was my first novel and it's it's long it's almost 600 pages but people who read it say basically i love that book takes me back to Brooklyn, or it takes me back to where my parents used to live, the Catholic school education, and uh, it was a lot of fun writing it.
0: Wow, and and how long did that take you to write that?
1: Well, if you say in time, I started writing it when I was a captain in the Army in Vietnam, which is how you'll see my third book came about. But I was a captain in the Army in Vietnam. I came back, I was assigned to New Orleans for my final assignment from Vietnam to New Orleans, doing background investigations, Army intelligence. When I got out of the army, I was going back to Vietnam to work for Air America, but I had about a four-month period with nothing to do. And at that point in New Orleans, I just became a, a writer, and I wrote. I had done a lot of research before. My sister had helped me with a lot of facts about our growing up in Brooklyn, and I put together this, this novel that 400-and-some-odd eh, typewritten with whiteout, you know, not computers, typewriters, pages, and I carried huh. them around with me until I retired. When I retired then in 2013, I finished the book. And then it took me about, oh, 2012 probably. It took me about a year, and I published it in 2013. So how long did it take? You could say 40 years. But the <laughs> real meat of it was done in the year, the final year. And it changed. As I told you, the, the original title was The Scare Was Passed On. It was about a family dying when the grandmother died. That's still part of it, but it's so much more. Um, in fact, the funny story, there was a young Puerto Rican girl in my class at the St. Augustine School in Brooklyn. I couldn't even remember her name. In the book, she becomes a very major character. Her name is Anita Sanchez, and she is one of the two main characters in the book, actually. Uh, I couldn't even remember the name of the girl in my class. So, no, I came down to Florida four months before my wife did uh, to close on the house, and then she came down four months later. When she came down, she brought with her a box of my souvenirs that I had forgotten. I brought everything I wanted with me when I came down. She found a box of souvenirs, and in that box was my graduation program from grade school and my autograph (laughs) book from grade school. And there she was, Matilda Olivero. She was the class secretary. We were nothing more than just high friends. But in the book, she becomes this wonderful character, Anita Sanchez. In fact, in the autograph book that you get graduating – uh in the right. novel anita sanchez writes uh roses are red violence are blue maybe someday i'll marry someone like you Ha ha. in the <laughs> real book what i found that she wrote good luck in high school so uh but it, it, it's funny I, <laughs> i've tried to find her to send her a copy i dedicated the book to my grandson and to matilda but i've never been able to find her even trying back through saint augustine school Um uh, i'd love to find her and get her a copy but uh haven't been able to do it.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Now, now are you kind of like the boy in the story? Is that you? Yes.
1: Yes. Well, it's fiction, but it's based on me growing up in Brooklyn in the 1940s and 50s. In fact, the cover picture on the book is this cute little four-year-old boy in a snowsuit. And that's me, uh, 70 years (laughs) ago in Brooklyn. Um, but, but it's fiction. Uh, but it's fiction based on my life growing up in New York back at, you know, in those days of the 40s and 50s, and uh, my grandmother, who was the, the matriarch, owned a home in Long Island, in Long Beach. And every summer, my whole father's side of the family went to Long Beach. We had 28, 29 people living in the house. We loved it. Because Long Beach is a little island off the southern coast of Long Island. It's only two blocks wide in the West End where we lived. You had the Atlantic Ocean, and then two blocks away you had what we call the bay, which is Reynolds Channel. So we could have the bay for swimming, the ocean for the fun. For kids, it was heaven. And we went there every summer until my grandmother died. Then, then the house was sold and the whole thing died. But... Uh, so this book, takes, mm-hmm. takes it, it's a novel, but it's about a young boy growing up in Brooklyn when the Brooklyn Dodgers were still there, uh, spending his summers in Long Island and just having a wonderful time. And built into it is this romance with Anita Sanchez, this little girl that uh, they fall in love with each other. And, they're wonderful. and And you have to ask yourself, and you have to read the book to find out. Whatever happens to them, do they ever get together? Do they overcome the objections of his mother, who is very much against any relationship with a Puerto Rican girl? Uh, I'm saying that sarcastically, but
0: <laughs> right? Is, is, did was she a really good friend with you when you were younger? Do you remember? No, were you no, we're not close just then?
1: classmates. Just someone you said hello to hmm. in class. And in fact, that's purely fiction. Uh, it's a wonderful part of the story. She comes into the book about halfway through, and just develops into the other main character with the uh, little Brian Farley is the name of the of the, the male hero and uh, they develop a wonderful relationship. It's truly really a wonderful relationship and at the same time you have this uh mother trying as hard as she can to do whatever she can to stop this relationship from blooming. Um, <laughs> and you'll have to read the book to find out if she succeeds. But uh, it's a That's wonderful true. story. It really is. That it, it really is a wonderful story. I loved writing it. People who read it say it's just uh, just wonderful. Uh, I was at a meeting now, last of- night. Oh sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, 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 please, continue.
1: I was at a meeting last night, and I sat down with a a former New York City cop, Kevin Cox, who's also an author. And I sat down, and he said, hey, my best friend's reading Brooklyn Boy. And I said, does he like it? He said, yeah, he grew up in Brooklyn. He's loving it. And I said, oh, that's so good to hear.
0: (laughs) That's really, it's amazing. No, I'm I'm just thinking, this must have been in your head for 40 years. It took you that long to write this book. Oh, yes, and I carried it
1: around with me, and... uh, But I was working. I was an accountant. I was working full-time in the insurance industry, but I was an accountant. And finally, I retired and said, I'm going to finish Brooklyn Court." Well, at that time, it was The Scare Was Passed On. I'm going to finish The Scare Was Passed On. And boy, did it change. And it became a wonderful, wonderful little book. Well, big book.
0: I I hope you had a big celebration once you got it published.
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) It's
0: self-published.
1: I published it myself, but it's still quite a – you know, quite an achievement to, to, to write it. Right.
0: My now cousin you I have... in
1: Ohio is my editor.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. That's good that someone you can be close to when you're going through the editing. <laughs> so
1: yes. She not I... only takes me to task for any um, – my father was an editor with the uh, New York Journal American and the New York Sun before that. So we grew up as kids, my sister and I just the two of us, you didn't say, Dad, how do you spell? He said, look it up. Or if you did some work and you had, oh, the apostrophe. If you misplaced an apostrophe, he lets you know it doesn't go there. You don't pluralize with apostrophes. So I'm pretty good at grammar. But Patty will catch things that I miss. And she'll also come back and tell me, like, uh, oh, you have an aluminum bat there in this story, and they weren't invented then. Things like that. And she's good.
0: That's great. Now, has she done all your books or just this one?
1: All of them and she's the wow. uh, she uh, my 6th one I'm working on now which is a collection of short stories called The Committee. And she called me the other day and said I'm still waiting for it. I said it's coming, it's coming. It's almost done. I'm just uh, doing a final proofing myself then I'll send it out to Patty.
0: Well, uh, uh, do do you find it being an easier process to write and get things published now that you've done one, like the first one, and then it just makes it easier as you write more. Yes, much easier. Or... The
1: uh, like yeah. right now, I've I've got five published. The sixth one is wow. done, but it's not not published yet. And they they take me oh maybe a year to do them. Um, where Brooklyn boy took forty, but I was working at the time. Um, right. I was just uh, well, thinking that... the other day of the, the, the glory days in Brooklyn with the Brooklyn Dodgers and. Uh, <laughs> I was there, Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, if you were a baseball fan, they were all Hall of Famers, and they were our heroes growing up. Even someone said to me, I'm a Patriot fan now in football, but someone said, are you a New York Giants fan? I said, growing up as a boy I was, but they weren't the New York Giants. They were the New York football Giants because the New York Giants were a baseball team. And in New York, the New York Giants were the Giants and the Dodgers, but the Giants were... If you said the Giants, you were talking about the baseball team. If you wanted to talk about the football team, it was the New York football Giants. But uh, great memories. And this book takes you back to all those great memories if you grew up in New York and the, the baseball memories and the Catholic school memories and the, the Long Island memories and the ocean. And just it's just a fun book.
0: That's really great. And I, I love how you like you can go back into the past and pull that – up into your books, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many people are fans of all that. (laughs) Um, I'm probably about as old as your first book that it took you to write. (laughs) But even for people like me, it'd be really interesting. I mean, because you're talking about growing up in the 1940s. and
1: 50s, yeah. That's long before you were born. But it's it's still like uh, one of my cousin's daughters, read it recently she just said to me i love that book and i said it was just seeing how <laughs> her parents grew up and uh, uh it was fun there's a uh, one of the chapters is you know it talks about when the dodgers leave brooklyn and there's a great quote at the beginning of the chapter it's one of my favorite pete hamill the writer you know pete hamill uh he was on the imus in the morning show years ago and he was so upset when the dodgers left brooklyn in 1957 And Walter O'Malley was the owner of the Dodgers, the man who took them to Los Angeles. And uh, Mm -hmm. Pete Hamill said, if you had Walter O'Malley, Hitler, and Stalin locked in a room and you had a pistol with only (laughs) two bullets, who would you shoot? And he said, the answer is O'Malley (laughs) twice. (laughs) But those are the great days in Brooklyn.
0: Wow. Wow. So, so what, what struck your mind into writing books to begin with is what did it have to do with your father's influence in how to write I think, properly? I think
1: so we were always always into reading uh, from the time I was a small uh-huh. boy i was I was reading books uh, always i i used to i had my little fantasy teens that I used to keep you know played these fantasy sports games and I'd write as if I was a newspaper man stories about the games that I was the one playing, <laughs> but I always loved to write uh I always always loved that. My father was probably the reason for that. So uh, when I got the chance, well, I started. I had that four month period when I came back from Vietnam and I was down in New Orleans that I really had time. And I said, I'm going to do it. And I started writing this book. And uh, now that I'm retired, it's just it's just so much fun. It's you know some people retire and they paint, Uh, you know. Writing is what I've always wanted to do, and I just enjoy doing it. And the five books are all very different, um, and there was so much fun writing. And I, like my wife, accuses me of falling in love with all my heroines. Uh, of course, I'm in love with Anita Sanchez, uh, this beautiful little girl that, that I created. Um,
0: but it's fun.
1: It's it's just fun.
0: Now, how, how different are all of your books from each other? They're, they're very
1: different. The, uh, excuse me, I just took a drink of water. Uh, the second book is a collection of short stories. And those I wrote, uh, and and they, they're they all different. Uh, one takes place in Croatia. There's one in Mexico. Um, eight stories about two young kids, Sandy and Mark, and, and their adventures together, high school kids. Um, and I just wrote those over a period of a year and then, put it all together and, and publish those as well. But the next book, the major, which people tell me is, is my best book, even though I, I like The Barge of Curiosity, my last one. But The Extraordinary Banana Tree, uh, it's about the fall of Saigon in April of 1975. It's a novel, but I was there. I was uh, with the Army first, and then I went back to Vietnam with Air America. And I was there until the end. And uh, this is a novel. And as I tell people, it is not a war story. It's a love story in time of war. An author down in uh, Australia, uh, Rachel Jane, read the book and told me that it was the best romantic story she ever read. And it's not a, a, a romance story. such; it's a, it's a story about two people in love in war. Um, one <laughs> mirrors me in many ways. It, Billy Dobson is the uh, the, this is the main character. He's with Air America that I worked for. He's manager of flight operations, uh, and he's right there until the last day, April 30th, 1975. The other main character is, is Cheryl Flynn, another one of those females that my wife accuses me of falling in love with, another heroine created out of my mind. But Cheryl is with the, <laughs> the Defense Intelligence Agency. And she's in Vietnam right till the end. And uh, in fact, the book opens up. I love the way the book opens up. It opens up with Jerry Ford in early 1975 sent a C-5A, which is the largest airplane in the world. He sent the C-5A into Saigon to bring out orphans, mixed parent orphans, American fathers and Vietnamese mothers. And he sent this plane to bring these kids out of Vietnam to the States because they knew the country was falling. The plane took off from Saigon. This is the beginning of the book. The plane takes off from Saigon, flew 15 miles to the south and blew up and crashed in a rice paddy south, in South Vietnam. Uh, at first, they thought everybody was dead. But in the book, Cheryl is on board that plane as one of the escorts. Her boss wanted to get her out of, out of Vietnam. So she's on board as an escort. And you don't know until chapter 24 whether or not she survived that crash. Uh, of course, and from that crash, we then go back in time and follow Billy and Cheryl to the point where they meet and then their life after meeting. And uh, the end of the book uh, follows the, the fall of South Vietnam. But it's it's fiction, but yet historical, it's the fall of Da Nang, the fall of the Trang, the fall of Pleiku, the fall of Tao, and, and all of the involvement of our main characters the Air America people, the Defense Intelligence people, the Army's gone. The Army left in '73, but the uh, the last six, seven months in Vietnam were hectic. And if anyone was there, it was it was a terrible time. Uh, and the North Vietnamese Army just came and came and came, and we did nothing, nothing to stop them. Nixon had promised that we would. Jerry Ford, after the Watergate and after Nixon was out, Jerry Ford did nothing, and. Uh, it's exciting uh, reading about it, writing about
0: it. Yeah. I mean, that actually sounds like that could be a movie.
1: <laughs> yes, I think I mean, so too. I've even got the, yeah, the characters.
0: It's, it's amazing. Now, have you been approached by anyone to do a movie no, about one of your books? No, I haven't.
1: I would love that, but no, I have not. I don't think I know. All right. If there's any producers that, or but...
0: directors out there.
1: <laughs> yes. It's a Listening. great story and it's exciting. And, uh, yeah. You know, the uh, everyone, most people know uh, that famous picture of the helicopter on top of a rooftop in Saigon at the end. It's it's that famous picture of the fall of Saigon. It shows an American helicopter on a rooftop. And most people think that's a Marine helicopter. It's not, it's an Air America helicopter. And it was on top of the CIA dwelling on, on one of the side streets in Saigon. But that's the most amazing picture of vietnam and the man who took the picture an american photographer was given the uh, uh pulitzer prize for the for the shot it's uh but that's the, the the book goes through that and you're on that plane and you're on that helicopter and uh uh it's exciting and, and it's a wonderful love story uh does cheryl flynn survive that beginning flight uh whew, we don't know but you find out but um it's just a wonderful story about uh Billy Dobson and Cheryl Quinn.
0: Yes. Um, now, uh, that one's definitely one I'm going to have to read. <laughs> you you pull yeah, me it into this one They're all available in uh,
1: the Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the uh, softcover, okay. hardcover, or Kindle or Nook. And
0: uh, Oh, wow. That's great. So you can just go on Amazon and look up Oh, sure. The...
1: Put Jim Farrell and boom, they'll all pop up. Uh, Brooklyn boy, oh, Kiss Me Kate, and other stories is the short stories I told you about. The Extraordinary Banana Tree mm-hmm. was the next novel, and then I I was I spent I don't know if you looked at the bio I, found, I spent eleven I don't know if I mentioned it, I spent 11 years in a Catholic seminary, and the yes. fourth book I wrote, uh, it's called Mikey's, Quest, yeah, for Mikey's Quest for Father God, and it's a short book, um, but it's I call it a joyous romp through my theological and philosophical past and that's a book that needs a special audience, but it's a wonderful book for someone interested in philosophy and theology and St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, this poor little boy finds out his uncle's an atheist. It's a novelty, And he's distraught, Mm -hmm. Irish Catholic. And he goes to his father, who's an editor for the Daytona (laughs) Beach News Journal, and says, Dad, how can Uncle Billy be an atheist or Irish Catholic? And the book, his father then gives him an assignment. (laughs) Young boy, I want you to go and interview atheists and believers find out why they believe or why they don't believe, and then come to a conclusion. And Mikey goes out on his quest to find Father God. Uh, the reason the title, Father God, I never heard the expression Father God. It was always God the Father. But we went mm-hmm. to, right before I finished the book, we went to a party, a birthday party, for a black couple that I know. And the, one of the people at the party was a minister. And he was asked to say grace. And the grace was very long, but the grace was entirely, thank you for the food, Father God. Thank you for Lee, whose birthday we're celebrating, Father God. It was always Father God. So I said, ah, that's different. So that was the Mikey's Quest for Father God. And the final book is The Barge of Curiosity. And uh, that book I love. I just finished it. Um, I mentioned earlier that eight of the stories in Kiss Me Kate, my collection of short stories, were about two kids, uh, Sandy Roberts and Mark Tuttle. Someone said to me, why don't you write more about them? They're great stories. So what I did is I took those stories, changed them, put them into a long novel. It's the whole life of Mark Tuttle and Sandy Roberts and this other woman, young girl at first, now later a woman, Peggy Mayhew. And it's the three of them growing up together. And two of them, Mark and Peggy, are in love with Sandy. <laughs> and so it's, it's, <laughs> it's a different novel, but I love it. And uh, I just had a two-page letter from one of my high school teachers. I sent him a copy of the book. He wrote back, and for two pages, he was just beaming about the book, how he loved the book, how he loved the <laughs> characters, how he loved this, and he was shocked and surprised by this and that. And I just said, thank you.
0: Wow, that's really great. That's, that's amazing. Now, are, are you currently writing anything, or are you taking uh, a well, break? Well, I just,
1: I just <laughs> finished the uh, – collection of short the next collection of short stories and uh the cover is going to be my one i have a one-eyed dog he was born with one defective eye we tried to save it with Mm -hmm. a veterinary ophthalmologist now that's expensive but tried to save the eye but couldn't and once the eye was taken out he's actually better off because the eye was a distraction and now he's a one-eyed dog he's the cover of the book because the first story in the book the committee About a homeowners association in a uh, in Florida where we live now, and everyone has these homeowners associations. And every homeowners association has the self-appointed vigilantes who uh, observe, make sure everybody observes the rules. But the first story is about this couple, and uh, they have uh, three dogs, and you're only allowed to have two. But one of the two dogs has of the small dogs has one eye, and the other one has two. So they walked them one at a time with the big dog, until someone realizes that hey, yesterday he had two eyes, today he has only one. But it's a funny little story. Then <laughs> uh, based on that, and so that's the cover. My little dog is the cover. Um,
0: oh, that's really nice that you did that. <laughs> I just think that's really sweet. You you wrote a book about your dog, your wine <laughs> dog. Well, he says the story. <laughs> you- he
1: said uh, when. When he was born, he was so small. My wife saved him by using an eyedropper to feed him. Um, oh.
0: His mother is also
1: one of our pets, but he used to sit in my shirt pocket while I watched TV at night. He was that small. And now he's a big, healthy, one-eyed dog. And, uh, uh, chip.
0: <laughs> I, I got to see a picture of him. I really do. <laughs> oh, what type of a dog is he?
1: His father was a Shih Tzu. And his mother that we mm-hmm. still have here is a powder puff Chinese crested. Oh wow. Do you ever see a Chinese crested? They're powder I'm, puff are very, very cute. And then there's the hairless. They
0: have
1: the, they have the big eyes. Powder right? puff. Hmm?
0: They they normally have like big eyes though, right? They have Yes,
1: and they have the, the, the hairless have, yeah. have no hair at all. They're bald. And I think they're an ugly wow. dog. But Shaoling, whose parents were both hairless, was born as a powder puff. So she is a gorgeous dog with this white hair. It's not fur, it's hair. And she was the mother of of Chip, and the father was a a Shih Tzu. So he's a cute little dog. Oh,
0: Oh, cute. Sounds cute. And he's still alive Mm -hmm. today?
1: Oh, yeah, he's only five. Yeah, he's, he's...
0: Oh, cute.
1: His mother is the other small dog that we have. We have both of them, and... The, the big dog that we used to have passed away. He was old. She was old, actually, and he passed away. But uh, so the uh, so basically, I've talked about all my books. But the uh, I think if someone wanted to start with a book, the extraordinary banana tree would be the best bet. Everyone who reads it okay. loves it. It's historical fiction, and that is based on the, on the end of the war in Saigon. Uh, but it is fiction. Um, because yeah, I'll tell you one story about Air America in the book that is it's just uh, are you familiar with air America
0: um i'm I'm not, but we have about yeah. two minutes left of the show so if if you okay. could say what you can, go right ahead.
1: <laughs> real, real fast. Air America was the CIA's airline, owned by the CIA, mm-hmm. but uh, a delaware corporation and and for all intents and purposes a separate airline. I won't tell you this. Story. Maybe the next time we get together, I'll tell you that story. But one of the funny things about Air America, Air America, as I said, was a CIA's airline. When the war ended in 1973, that's when the American troops pulled out, and supposedly the North Vietnamese pulled out. Um, they needed to get a company. There was a peacekeeping force, the International Commission of Control and Supervision, to, to supervision, to communist countries, excuse me, and to non-communist. The airline that was hired to do the flying for the commission, the uh, Peacekeeping Commission, was an outfit called ICCS Air Services, which was nothing more than Air America. The CIA's airline took half their helicopters and painted them gray and black instead of silver. And so the CIA was actually flying around the peacekeeping force in South in South Vietnam. I don't know if they had had to know that, but it's just funny that the the neutral peacekeeping force used Air America, which was the CIA, to fly them around the country. But that was a farce. The whole peacekeeping effort was a farce.
0: Wow. Well, it's so great that you've written all these novels, and I am honored to have you on the show tonight.
1: Oh, thank you. And
0: I'm hoping... I we get to have you on again because we've run out of time and we we must talk to you more.
1: <laughs> okay, so, happy to. So,
0: thank you, Jim. Thank you once again so much for joining us tonight. Uh, for everyone who's listening, this is Jim Farrell, and he's an author who's wrote many books, and check him out on Amazon. It's where you can find all his books. And, Jim, is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: No, thank you very much, Sherry. I really enjoyed this, and I'd be glad, glad to okay, come back to you. Okay, you're again.
0: welcome. Great. Thank you. And for all you listeners, be sure to share this clip, if you can, with all your Facebook friends. And let's get Jim out there some more. Jim, once again, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining me right here on Sherry Clip. Thank you. Have a good night.